We are in the Maestro's Suite at Heinz Hall. Maestro Manfred Honeck, Mozart's Requiem is on the way this weekend. You thought you were going to have a few minutes to yourself to compose your thoughts, but here I am with the microphone, and it is always a joy to see you. What a week you had last week with the amazing Long Long, and then the uh, appearance of Emmanuel Axe, Franz Schmidt's Symphony Number no. 4. Fantastic week of music making here. It was indeed very, very uh, wonderful for me uh, to uh, um, work with two fantastic soloists, Lang Lang and, and Manuel Axe, and also bringing pieces which um, have never been or very seldom played here in uh, Pittsburgh. Of course, Die Spiegel is a must. We, it is one of the first recordings we did with reference recording and sound mirror together. And uh, the orchestra plays is so great and so virtuoso and brilliant. I'm, I'm very proud of them. Franz Schmidt's symphony was a special um, moment for me also because this was, was, was uh, the Pittsburgh premiere, so to say, and this is a piece which uh, uh, Franz Schmidt has uh, composed for his daughter Emma, who um, passed away uh, after she gave birth to um, to her daughter Emma, to her, to her daughter, and uh, so this is. Uh, more or less a requiem for uh, his daughter and you can um, understand what kind of feelings a father has if uh, somebody loses um, uh, a child and, and, and his daughter she was around 20 years old and uh, the music reflects all the beautiful moments they have um, joined together um, and of course the sad moment when uh, she passed away and uh, we know that um, um, Franz Schmidt uh, was a, a cello a cellist he was actually a member of Vienna Philharmonic in the time when Gustav Mahler uh, was music director of the Wiener Staatsoper um, and he uh, composed in the second movement a solo for cello. This is like a father plays for his deceased uh, daughter. And um, many other moments, a funeral march, and then a happy moment where, they, uh, where he describes the beautiful moment when they were walking in the Alps. You nearly hear actually some uh, moments where uh, an alpon is playing. Um, and last movement is then the uh, recapitulation of the first movement but in a very different way it is uh, the sad and, and, and moment there where, where he composes um, a horn solo and uh, the beginning of the first movement is a trumpet solo and it ends with a trumpet solo he said himself this is like an appell this is like um, um, uh, this is mu music which actually is already in the eternity, accompanies you in the eternity. That's what he said one time. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful music and very rich in harmony, very rich in, in, in an expression. And um, it also, um, would say, goes uh, directly in this week now, uh, a requiem last week in a, in a form of a symphony. And uh, now we have the Mozart Requiem this week. 
Before we talk about the Requiem, any memory of your work with Long Long? It must have gone by like a, the flash of a, uh, of a matchstick. Uh, the concert was so successful, and you had a chance to speak with him afterwards on the stage. Uh, what lingers from your conversation with, with Long Long and the unbelievable Saint-Saëns, his encores? Well, I know Lang Lang quite a long time when he was not yet uh, that famous. Um, I made my de debut with uh, uh, Chicago Symphony Orchestra. It must have been probably 2003 or 2004. And he played Rachmaninoff second uh, piano concerto. And I still remember when uh, the management uh, of um, Chicago Symphony Orchestra called me and asked me, would you... Um, except a young Chinese uh, pianist, uh, his name is Lang Lang, and um, I said, well, let's give me a, an example, which I always do before I uh, work with somebody together, and they sent me then an example, and I was already blown away. And um, he is a wonderful friend, a wonderful human, and a fantastic uh, uh, pianist. Um, and uh, we always enjoy to work together and if time allows also we go in China's restaurants which we did in Chicago which we did here um, and sometimes not this time but uh, sometimes in uh, in uh, Pittsburgh or, or in another way I made a tour with him uh, to Spain I conducted in Berlin with him so my um, relationship to him is, is goes long long back and then I I must say his playing is still really really outstanding uh, I thought that his uh, songs uh, piano concerto um, was not only technical brilliant uh, but also very clean in, in playing and very sensitive um, that, that uh, we all were very amazed on how he keep his uh, standard and yeah we had a time after the concert and uh, uh, talking together for the audience it was planned and I was happy that uh, so many people really around thousand people uh, stayed after the concert and listened to the concert uh, uh, listened to the talk afterwards where I asked Lang Lang some questions about his um, uh, upcoming and, and his first moments as a pianist when he started and so and I think it was beautiful for all people who were in the uh, concert and listening this uh, talk um, to get some more information and also get to know more um, uh, of, of Lang Lang's uh, thinking that I think that was uh, enormous informative. And then just a few days later to have a manual acts playing Chopin. This is music that is in his soul. He's recorded it twice from his earliest years, the Chopin competition in in Warsaw, it's just unbelievable. The Chopin second, never get tired of hearing it. That's true. It's uh, really a masterpiece. I must say that if one can play this fantastic, it's Manuel X and, and with he, um, with his poetic touch and, and thinking and um, stepping back in the right moment when it's not needed. And he has. I think uh, he told me that he uh, uh, first played it when he was 19 or 20 years old and uh, since then he played it uh, now probably every year 
um, what a wisdom he and experience he brought into it. And I was very proud to sh um, show this here in Pittsburgh because this kind of um, interpretation um, is so outstanding and so rich and an experience that um, that I thought is the best what you can have. And um, uh, I think the um, orchestra and the audience felt uh, the same way. Mozart's Requiem. This is a piece that's very, very close to you. You've done it before at Pit in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Hall in New York. You have performed it. You recorded it with the Swedish radio, did you not? You, al you already made a CD and you're going to make another recording here. Your presentation is very special. Mozart never finished the piece, but you have put together a lot of thinking of how to create it in a very dramatic way with F. Murray Abraham reading poetry, we have bells, we have chant. This is music that is very, very important to you. I think it is one of the best pieces uh, Mozart ever wrote in his life. I was thinking what uh, about the circumstances um, when Mozart passed away. First of all, um, that somebody knocking his door, um, a man, uh, he never saw himself and then introduced him as a servant of, um, of uh, the Graf, the Count Walsek uh, Stuppach, who had a, um, a castle around, um, I would say, 70, 80 kilometers south of Vienna. And um, he commissioned um, a requiem, and nobody should know about that. Um, he got a lot of paid um, money paid, and um, Mozart was in need. I think he was in a financial, he had financial problems. Um, which was not unusual for him because he was uh, gambling and lost, losing some money at a certain point. Um, so he accepted that. And why, why did um, uh, Graf Walsek Stuppach um, send secretly a, a messenger, a servant to, to, to uh, Mozart? Well, this is... Um, was not unusual for him. He sent also the same person also to other composers. He paid them, he got the secretly the autograph and he himself copied the autograph at home in his castle and wrote his name there. So I would say this is today a little bit kind of um, um, uh, copyright problem, I would say. <laughs> um, if, uh, why did he ask for a requiem? Uh, because uh, Graf Stupach's, um, Walzek Stupach's uh, wife passed away in September 1791. And he wanted to um, commemorate a year later, so in September 1792, um, this moment, the one-year one anniversary of the death of his wife, and, um, and performing a requiem. Now, I'm not so mad about this way. Of course, it's not good that he uh, that he is doing this in way in this way. But if he would not ask for that, we would not have a requiem. And so I'm very thankful somehow that we got uh, from Mozart requiem. And uh, Mozart was, as you know, he had uh, 626, over 600 uh, pieces uh, written in his life, 41 symphonies and uh, operas, piano concerti, uh, and um, he could 
um, actually die uh, during a work on another piece, but he died during a work of, of on a requiem. It has had to be somehow to be a requiem, his last uh, uh, music. So when I thought to perform that, I didn't just want uh, to perform only um, uh, the, the, the whole requiem. And by the way, we have also to know Constanze in that time we had a big problem. Um, uh, she, um, the, the, the piece was not completed yet. So she asked firstly Franz Eibler. Franz Eibler was one of the most talented uh, student of Mozart. And he took the manuscript home and after two weeks he gave it back, saying, I am not worth to, uh, to complete it. This piece is too great. It's too, too fantastic for me. So um, uh, Constanze uh, then asked uh, Franz Xaver Süßmeier, uh, another student and good friend of the family of Mozart uh, to complete it, which he did, but everything was secretly done. Constanze um, uh, gave then uh, Graf Stupach the whole, uh, the, the so to say, the completed Mozart Requiem uh, version, not knowing that it was not completed uh, by Mozart himself. Um, at the same time, um, Süßmeier and Constanze, they uh, made a uh, a second and a third copy and sold it to a uh, German uh, editor, André, in Offenbach. And um, he accepted that and Constanze also got paid for that. <coughs> and of um, some years uh, there were some rumors that the whole Requiem was not uh, uh, really by Mozart, was not uh, completed by Mozart. So André in Offenbach uh, heard about this and wrote a letter to Constanze, please I hear about these rumors and uh, can you clarify that? And uh, Franz Xaver Süßmeier wrote then um, a letter to him and then clarified that, that he completed because uh, he thought it would be this great music uh, should be performed as a whole. And uh, so we are very thankful that Franz Klaus of Süßmeier did that also. This is a story which itself is already somehow um, amazing, um, is, is in my opinion. Um, I was also thinking what happened in the time when Mozart passed away. It was on the 5th December, 1791. He died in the night. Next morning, um, there was a, a short uh, celebration in St. Stephen's Cathedral in the Kreuzkapelle, which is a cross chapel. It's on the side um, uh, of the Stephenson. Uh, Rauensteingasse, where um, uh, Mozart died, is only 100 meters or 150 meters away from, from Stephansdom. And so they brought the body of um, Mozart to this um, um, uh, little chapel. And you have to know this little chapel was, uh, had a lot of history. Um, uh, Mozart married his wife Constanze in this small uh, chapel and baptized two of his children as well. And here was his body now. And we don't know exactly what, uh, how this ceremony happened, but we know what was tradition. And in that time, um, in the St. Stephen's Cathedral, there was um, every day Gregorian chants, a, a, a group of Gregorian chants, monks or, or uh, a group uh, who, who was singing. And 
I'm quite sure that was also happening uh, in the time in the, that or might have happening in the, at that ceremony. So you, I wanted to integrate um, a Gregorian chant group um, in this concept. Um, for me, it was important that this Gregorian chant group is not singing on the stage, but singing backstage. So to say that if you enter the St. Stephen's Cathedral, Cathedral, that you hear somebody singing um, in this uh, cross chapel uh, on the side um, of, of the Stephansdom. Um, uh, so so the, it's a little bit um, out of this world, I would say. And that was actually what I wanted to, to, uh, to let experience the audience uh, when we perform this in the... Um, uh, in a hall. You have to know that Mozart did not write this piece for a hall. Not for the Heinz Hall, not for the Musikverein, not for any other hall. He wrote it actually for a church service and he knew exactly uh, the liturgic um, uh, schedule uh, how that has to be performed and there's of course there is between movements um, there were always some readings on text or uh, sermon whatever it was and he was very well informed about that um, so that's also the reason why I put also some uh, readings um, uh, between the movements exactly on the spots where, uh, where the liturgical would have happened of course, it, it is. This is not a, a mass. Uh, we will not celebrate a mass in a concert hall. But um, uh, this is, uh, for me, clearly a need to put something in between, because it was planned by the composer Mozart like that. So we have some readings. Um, um, the uh, reading, um, uh, the first reading, will be a letter uh, by. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart himself uh, to his father Leopold. He heard that he's uh, going to die, that he has a very bad health, and he wrote a very emotional letter. The death is my best friend, he said. I will never go to bed without thinking that I will not be anymore next morning. And he said, um, I have no fear of the death. And this, I thought this is somehow very special also this tone and this um, comforting uh, uh, tone and telling his father you know this um, about his opinion about that another text um, is um, by uh, Nelly Sachs uh, she was a Nobel Prize winner and uh, she survived Auschwitz. I wanted to bring a text into this concept which um, concerns us in our world and I thought that this um, uh, tragedy of the, and the drama of the Second World War still concerns us all. Uh, wars are repeating all the time and these two poems of Nelly Sachs um, uh, uh, wonderful, uh, poetic and strong uh, uh, words what she uses. I think uh, uh, it, it's a perfect match actually before it goes into the music. And um, two other texts are taken out from the book of Revelation by uh, John, St. John. Uh, the first is very dramatic because it leads into the dramatic music of the Dies Irae, and the second is very 
peaceful and and um, would say um, introducing the Domini Jesu Christi and uh, the hostias, which is a rather light and peaceful music. I only perform those pieces where Mozart uh, uh, was part or involved in, in the composing. Um, some he has nearly completed, some he has only wrote the melody and other students have uh, written the, the instruments and so on. But I will end um, also with, uh, with the eight bars Mozart has written in his life. These are the f first eight bars of the Lacrimosa. And after that, we'll perform the motet Ave Verum, one of the most beautiful music he wrote. Um, by the way, also composed 1791. Why the Ave Verum? Because um, it is very peaceful music, and the message what Mozart want to give is um, don't have fear of, of the death. You know, and and uh, rest in peace, and this peaceful moment is actually a, a wonderful ending of of of, of this um, uh, concept. Another tradition in that I uh, want to mention is that um, in the time of Mozart and still today, in my small village where I live in Altach in in uh, in Austria, in the western part of Austria, when somebody dies, uh, the so to say. Totenglocke, the death bell is ringing. And um, I wanted to start and end this um, uh, concept with three bell beats. Um, so to say, it's a bell for um, the death of, of Mozart himself. It has to be tuned in D. Why? Uh, because the Mozart Requiem is in D minor. Um, so I wanted to integrate that. Everything in this um, concept has a relationship to each other, either with, uh, with Mozart himself or with uh, tradition um, or with the subject of, of, of death. Um, I think it is um, always when I do this, um, um, it gives the people much, much more than just to only enjoy the music. Um, it, the surrounding helps them to understand also the the uh, the meaning of the of the death. Like we all will experience the death, or uh, or we all in our life have experienced that somebody of relatives or friends uh, have passed away. You are confronted with the death um, uh, in your life uh, sometimes, and uh, this gives this music gives you enormous. Um, peace and and help understand to have no fear. Of course, we we don't want to have uh, this uh, experience this tragic of a, of a death. Of course, uh, never. But um, it, uh, as it happens, um, have no fear. Um, the death is my best friend. Mozart said, and that's the message what he wanted to give us. To what extent do you think? Mozart was writing about his own impending death. There's a theory that he was aware of his own demise, and he was writing a requiem for himself. 
Um, well, I don't believe that really because he got a commission. Uh, he wanted he should write this piece for somebody else and not for him. But typically Mozart, he everything what he writes, he identify uh, all the figures. We know this from the operas. Don Giovanni is and uh, you know is another character than Leporello and, and Donna Anna. Or when you had the magic flute, the Queen of the Night, he knew exactly how he uh, how he how to write for this different character for persons. Now, Mozart um, uh, wrote, uh, as I see it, always from the perspective of a, of a person who dies and stands in front of the judge. That was uh, is in the text um, very clearly written. So he describes the emotion. What will happen after the death? How would I feel? And and do I get uh, mercy or not? And so, or um, and how will it be? There is in every moment there is this sometimes doubts what happened and something. Oh, I'm sure I will have a mercy. God and so on. This is uh, this is so uh, typical for Mozart that he could describe the situation of a person who experienced the death, you know. And it's so beautiful that um, that that he, so to say, uh, replaces the person. I don't believe that he himself. Um, was thinking about that so much, but he could understand how a person who uh, is in in, uh, in that situation, how the uh, the person would um, uh, feel and and and, and act. In. in the movie Amadeus, the commissioning is cloaked in mystery. The arrival of the cloaked black figure with the commission from Mozart, but we know who it was written for. We, we know the, the commissioner. Yes, the, the mystery is over-dramatized over, uh, for the film, correct? Well, uh, I think the film Amadeus is, is spectacular. It's, it's really a great, a great movie. But it is a movie and it's a story and sometimes the facts are not accurate, I would say, in, in, in a way. Uh, but still, I, 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 it's very wonderful to, I only c can recommend, please watch the movie, it's, it's a really wonderful. And that we have um, F. Murray Abraham with us, who plays uh, um, uh, Salieri in that movie. It, it makes actually this special concept here in Heitzel even more special. Um, and um, he's a wonderful person. I talked with him now recently again. He's so looking forward uh, to come. And uh, you should also know his own wife passed away in December, last December. So um, he said to me, I want to do this requiem. I want to be here in Pittsburgh and, 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 and reading the text. Um, he was, by the way, also... Um, was in Carnegie Hall uh, already some years ago with us, and he knew exactly what uh, what he will expect. He loves Mozart. He loves this um, concept also, and I can't wait to have him here with us. Very special, the two of you have got quite a great working relationship. It's clear he was on Colbert in one of our late-night television programs last week, and he mentioned that he was coming to Pittsburgh, and he was very excited about that, which I thought was wonderful. And uh, when you do it in Europe, do you do the same text? Do you do them in translation? Do you change anything out when you do it for a German-speaking audience or a Swedish-speaking audience? 
Of course, uh, if I do it in Sweden, it will be in Swedish, in German, and then it in German. Just did it um, 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 last week in Hamburg in the Elf Philharmonie. It is the same, but in but in German. Um, that's also the reason why I want to do a second recording now with uh, having F. Murray Abraham speaking in the English text and, and having with my own orchestra here in Pittsburgh. I can't wait to do this. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's really have a special meaning. I, I have this done the first time um, in my life more than 25 years ago in my small festival in Wolfeck, which is south of, of Germany. And uh, since then I have um, presented this in the different areas of the world, including Hong Kong, including um, Tokyo, and uh, or Prague, or some uh, other, uh, in, in, even in Paris. And uh, so it's it's very beautiful that people everywhere, whether you are Chinese or uh, European or American, everybody we experience the same. We have the same feelings of of death, and and it, this music speaks to everybody in the in the world. It's actually the best language. Music is the best language. Everyone understands in this world. Our time is at an end. We must close. This is an all-day subject, but you have to give thirty seconds to your soloist. My goodness, you you always think a great deal about the singers who are going to work with you, and you have uh, Jeanine Dubic, who's from Trinidad, I believe, making her debut. She's on tour with the Concerto Cologne, and it so happens that she's going to be in Carnegie Hall in New York. She's going to be in Orange County and here in Pittsburgh, performing with the Concerto Köln in in, in the very near future. So just one of the soloists. Is extraordinary, but but they're all great, amazing singers you've got. They are really amazing singers, and of course you can understand if you do a recording, you want to have the best singers for for that. And um, Shanine de Pic is, um, I have worked with her a, a year ago, and uh, she was singing in the Salzburg Festival as well. What a great voice she has, and and Catriona. Um, also, the uh, mezzo, a, a young Scottish singer, a wonderful voice, and Ben Bliss will be the tenor, is probably one of the best um, uh, tenor here in America. And Tarek Nasmi, he's living now in Germany, is a bass and um, also a wonderful, uh, prominent voice. When he sings, by the way, the tuba mirum, um, which is a very prominent uh, solo for the bass singer, um, it starts actually with a trombone. And the trombone will, here in the Heinzel, be not on the stage. It will be somewhere in the gallery or the balcony. balcony we f have to find it out. Um, it, I don't want to do this differently because it is a dialogue between, um, between uh, God and a human. So the voice after this strong dramatic dies ire um, uh, goes into the suddenly the voice uh, of, the, of God in, in with the trombone and as you know trombone was the holy instrument um, uh, in in the music in the earlier times they always did when they talked about holy people like God or an, an archangel or some prophets uh, they use always the trombone. Um, um, uh, as, as an instrument um, to symbolize that. There's no wonder that in the Magic Flute, the last opera Mozart wrote, or one of the last opera wrote, uh, that Sarastro, the holy priest Sarastro, um, get uh, uh, accompanied by the trombone. And it's, it's the trombones are called. 
So this will be um, um, uh, very symbolic as well. Um, and, and we have also the Mendelssohn Choir and Can't Wait. We did already Beethoven Ninth Symphony with them, and they, they did a great job in, in that time. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to make another recording with the Mendelssohn Choir. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Three chances to catch it. Good luck with the recording. We'll have it on the radio after all the editing and the writing of the program notes and everything that goes into your amazing uh, recordings for the reference label. Many, many uh, wishes for the best of luck this weekend. I'm, I know it's going to be spectacular. Thank you so much, and, and I'm really looking forward to for, um, to see the audience and, and having uh, performed this special piece um, in this special time as well.